0: It's Monday, March the 22nd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, the EU hoards its vaccines and Lloyd Austin in Kabul. First, the world in brief. Ursula von der Leyen, President of the European Commission, said that the EU will not share its vaccine supply with poorer countries until it has achieved a quote better production situation. Her vault fast on the spirit of the box commitment to COVAX, an international initiative to provide poor countries with vaccines, comes as many EU members face a third wave of COVID-19. Lloyd Austin, the American Defence Secretary, met Afghanistan's President Ashraf Ghani on an unannounced visit to Kabul. America is due to withdraw its forces from Afghanistan by May 1st. President Joe Biden has suggested that it would be difficult to meet this deadline, set in an agreement struck with his predecessor Donald Trump and Taliban insurgents. The Philippines demanded that China withdraw more than 200 fishing vessels from its territorial waters in the South China Sea. Delphine Lorenzana, the defense minister, claimed that the boats were not only in Filipino territorial waters but were manned by China's maritime militia. China has been steadily exerting more control over the sea, much of which it claims as its own waters. Several police officers were injured in Bristol as a quote, kill the bill demonstration turned nasty. The bill in question, currently wending through Parliament, would give British police more powers to restrict non-violent demonstrations, for example to prevent inconvenience posed to neighbours. An aggressive operation to break up a recent vigil in London for a murdered woman has superheated the topic. In anticipation of its worst floods in 60 years, Australia's most populous state, New South Wales, ordered about 18,000 residents to evacuate their homes. Three days' downpour has inundated the land around Western Sydney. The effective area is home to a third of the country's population. The worst wildfires on record scorched it little more than a year ago. Saudi Aramco, the world's biggest oil company, announced that its profits in 2020 fell by 45% compared with 2019, after a year in which oil prices were suppressed by the COVID-19 pandemic. However, the firm managed to make a profit of $49 billion and said it would pay shareholders, of whom the Saudi government is the largest, dividends totaling $75 billion. And Canadian Pacific Railway Limited announced that it would acquire Kansas City Southern in a cash and stock deal valued at $29 billion, including debt. If approved by regulators, the merger of the two railway firms will create the first freight rail network linking America, Canada and Mexico. The combined company will operate under the name Canadian Pacific Kansas City. And now, here's today's agenda. Taxation Without Representation D.C. Statehood Washington, D.C. makes its case to become America's 51st state to the House Oversight Committee today. Washingtonians have wrestled with Congress for their civil rights since America's capital was established on the banks of the Potomac in 1800. They were denied the right to vote in presidential elections until 1964. Only in 1974 did they win the right to elect a municipal government, though Congress jealously limits its authority. Adding insult to injury, Washingtonians pay more federal taxes per person than other Americans, yet have only a non-voting representative in the House and no Senators. The Washington DC Admission Act discussed today would correct these wrongs. The powerlessness of DC's mayor to prevent Donald Trump deploying federal forces to disband Black Lives Matter protests last year reinvigorated calls for statehood. But the bill is unlikely to attain the filibuster-proof majority needed. Washingtonians lean strongly Democrat, and Republicans are not keen to help the opposition. The Two Michaels China's Hostage Diplomacy on Trial Michael Kovrig, a Canadian ex-diplomat, will be tried in Beijing today for espionage. The charges against him were brought in apparent retaliation for the detention in Canada of Meng Wanzhou, CFO of Huawei. The trial, expected to last one day, comes after Michael Spather, a Canadian businessman, faced similar charges in the city of Dandong on Friday. Guilty verdicts are expected for the quote, two Michaels, who have been in prison for more than 800 days. China has signalled without explicitly stating that their freedom can be won by releasing Miss Meng. She is under house arrest at a mansion in Vancouver, while fighting extradition to America for alleged violations of sanctions on Iran. Justin Trudeau, the Canadian Prime Minister, has said he will not give in to hostage diplomacy. Messrs. Kovrig and Spava will be hoping that America's Justice Department resumes talks with Miss Mung to resolve her case. Their freedom may depend on it. Striking Out Amazon's Labour Problems Unionization drives are causing Amazon headaches both at home and abroad. Not only is the retail giant battling one at a warehouse in Alabama, it faces labour problems in Europe. Today, more than 8,000 workers in Amazon's Italian logistics hubs and warehouses, including employees of delivery companies with whom Amazon contracts, will stage a 24-hour strike after talks between labour and management failed. Unlike colleagues in America, some Amazon workers in Europe belong to unions and they have had some success in extracting concessions. At the start of the pandemic, French warehouse workers took Amazon to court over covid nineteen safety concerns and won, leading to a new deal with more favourable terms. Today's stoppage will be the biggest of the three that Amazon has faced in Italy during the pandemic. Despite this, the firm clearly still sees profits in Il Bel Paese. It added 25,000 new jobs in 2020 and will open two new warehouses this year. Yanking the Brake Germany's Endless Lockdown Does the emergency brake do much when the car is barely moving? Germany's national and state leaders are likely to extend the lockdown when they meet today to discuss the country's COVID-19 restrictions. At their last session on March 3rd, they agreed on a reopening plan despite rising COVID-19 cases. That resurgence has since accelerated. Over the weekend, Germany exceeded the quote emergency brake threshold of 100 cases per 100,000 people over seven days, requiring lockdown measures. With opening having barely started in most of Germany's states, few will notice a difference. The real impact will be on voters' confidence in their leaders. The endless lockdown is compounded by a sluggish vaccination campaign and a cluster of scandals involving MPs from the two allied Christian Democrat ruling parties. In just a few weeks, the polling lead they enjoyed throughout the pandemic has all but evaporated, A worrying sign six months before a general election. Shaken to its core. Turkey's Central Bank. The lira looks unstable today after yet another earthquake at Turkey's Central Bank. Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the country's president, had already sacked two of the bank's governors in less than two years. On Saturday he fired a third. In his four months in office, Nasi Agbar resuscitated the lira, imposing interest rate rises totaling nearly 9 percentage points, including a 200 basis point increase on Thursday. But hopes of a return to monetary discipline and central bank independence were buried by his ouster. His replacement, Sahap Kavjaglu, sought to control the damage, saying he would continue to fight inflation, which reached 15.6% last month. Given that the former ruling MP recently opined that the key to tackling inflation was lowering rates, investors are unlikely to feel reassured. A reversal of Mr Agbol's policies now appears imminent. The lira has lost half of its dollar value in under four years. Things are likely to get worse. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Caroline Norton, who was born on this day in 1808. To the just-minded, the opinions of no individual, however obscure, should be utterly indifferent. That's it from The Economist morning briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast.